Hey guys, this episode of the podcast and this series on the inner critic is actually sponsored by the workshop that's coming up that is all about the inner critic. And I'm telling you, it's going to be fire because God has given me some amazing revelation. I'm so excited to share it with you. So if you are resonating with this podcast and you're like, I might need a little more help, this workshop is only $27 this time. Guys, that is the lowest it'll ever be. That's pretty much like pocket change, although I've been in poor seasons where that wasn't pocket change. That was a step of faith. Either way, go to the show notes, log in, register, and you will also be helping support this podcast. So thanks so much. All right, back to the show. Shall we talk about a game show? I think we should because I think there's an element of well, I don't think, I know there was an element of the inner critic telling me like, you don't want to go on national TV, dress up like an idiot. <laughs> Look, sometimes the inner critic has a point, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, when we do it, God says, and none of us are going to do it perfectly and we're going to miss it a million times. So there's no worries in trying to be perfect. That's a kind of a waste. But when we can, like, walk through the doors that he opens. He's got good things for us, guys. He's got good things for us. Um, It was about a year earlier that I was on another game show. It was being taped, and a friend and I from church were, were on it, and it was a Bible game show. I know, how fun. And I wouldn't say I'm like a scholar in the Bible by any means, but my friend was was good and knew, and, and I knew some things, and so together we were a good team. And we kept winning, and it was hilarious. It was so funny and fun. Um, but it didn't make it to TV, so we didn't also win the prize money, which wasn't a million dollars, but, you know, it was kind of, probably could have helped. Anyway, I won't belabor that point. So a year later, this happens a lot. This Okay, can we have a moment for redemption talk? So this happens a lot, a lot, a lot in life where God will like redeem something that's been lost. Now that doesn't mean he gives it back to you just the way you lost it because sometimes that's impossible, but he will redeem and restore things and like pay us back for things that were stolen in our life. And I mean, I've seen this with all kinds of things, but you know, more recently when someone came and clipped the lock to my storage unit and literally took everything I owned out of there because I didn't have a permanent place to live at the time. So I had everything I owned in a storage unit and someone clipped the lock and took everything. And it was pretty devastating. 44 years of things that, you know, were very special to me were now gone. And especially my pictures and my journals, which were probably the most important thing to me. And I was really, really sad, (laughs) like really devastated, honestly. And it was a year later to the date, which I think God does this a lot. I've seen him do it in other people's lives where, you know, something was lost in their life. And then to the date, there'll be these gifts that come and it's amazing. And, uh, for me, that gift was a year to the date of everything being stolen. I was, uh, headed to Hawaii for the first time that ended up being like a beautiful gift from some amazing friends of mine who just like treated me 
to so much beauty and goodness and it was amazing and it was the day I think it was the day I left for the trip was a year to the date of when everything was stolen from my storage unit and again you know it wasn't like God was like and here's all the stuff from your storage unit back that wasn't how he redeemed and restored it but he gave me something my heart desired you know on that date like kind of like letting me know this is redemption, like this is restoration. Like, yes, I know what was stolen from you can't be given back to exactly the same, but I'm going to give you something your heart desires. And I'm going to do it on the same date so that you know, like it's from me. Because <laughs> God is a boss like that. He's such a good dad. So why, Lindsay, what does this have to do with the game show and the inner critic, right? Aren't we in a series of the inner critic? Yes, we are. And what does this have to do with the game show? Well, like I said, I was on a game show and it got shut down and we didn't get the prize money and et cetera, et cetera. It was fine, like not that big of a deal, but you know, it was kind of like bummer, you know? So fast forward, a friend of mine, I was telling a friend of mine about this And she's like, oh, Lindsay, I met this casting director at a grocery store and I should connect you because I have no interest in being on a game show. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I met this darling woman who I want to have on my YouTube show soon. Oh my goodness. She is a hoot. She's a casting director. She has, she has done so many cool things. Like, oh, I just love her. She's been in the industry for decades and she's just been on all your favorite shows I mean like uh yeah she's so special anyway so we'll have her on the YouTube show soon so go subscribe um y'all it's furry might as well right no I know subscribing to YouTube feels like a major a major thing doesn't it does for me anyway sometimes anyway I I digress okay so anyway this beautiful woman and I we have this conversation she's like so special and, um, Beverly, in case you're listening, Beverly, <laughs> just kidding. I don't think she listens to the podcast, but anyway, so she starts talking to me about casting me on some game shows, but it just wasn't working out. Well, then our friend Facebook heard us talking about it. You know how they do. And all of a sudden I got this ad on my Facebook that was for let's make a deal. And when I was a little girl, my sister and I used to love to play let's make a deal we in our room and my friend Marcy, maybe it was more Marcy and I than my sister, but I think we like roped her into it probably. But we would set it all up and, you know, like have the different, you know, do you want door number one, door number two, door number three? Like it was so, so fun because I'm 46. So this was like, I mean, 35 years ago. So this was the first original Let's Make a Deal where it was like very like, classy you know like everyone was dressed in like normal cute clothes like you know it was just so like I don't know it just felt very like I don't know what the word is but (laughs) not the let's make a deal I was on now look I love let's make a deal and I'm not putting them down I'm just saying it was different back in the day right Well, the story I heard was that because people would come with like really cute hats on and stuff that they thought, wouldn't it be fun if in the next season of Let's Make a Deal, we had everyone dress up? Now, I have missed the past few decades of Let's Make a Deal. I, yeah, I just was doing other things, right? I wasn't watching daytime TV. So I had no idea that you had to dress up 
like in a costume to be on the show. I had no idea. All I remember was the Let's Make a Deal of 35 years ago where people dressed in their cute clothes and you played this fun game. That's a Let's Make a Deal Lindsay had in her head. So I apply. I'm like, why not? You know, like, that's kind of cool. I apply and I'm just like, no big deal, you know, kind of move on with my life. And then I get a uh, a call or, you know, an email. Hey, this is, let's make a deal. We want to audition you for the show. And I was like, okay, I didn't know you had to do that, but sure. And so I um, had sent a message out to my family. It was just like, hey, this is kind of fun, blah, blah. And my stepsister said, what are you going to dress up like? And I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, you have to dress up on Let's Make a Deal. And I was like, what do you mean dress up? And she's like, you have to wear a costume. And I was like, uh, no. (laughs) I was like, this like blanket of like, maybe like embarrassment, you know, kind of shame came over me. And I was like, there is no, no, I am not dressing up like a fool to go on national TV. There is no way. So, um, I was so like weird about it. And then like, so I had to have this audition and they're like, so, you know, tell us about your costume. And I'm just like, Oh my word. Like, Lord, like, what am I going to dress up? Like, like I did not want to, you know, obviously. And then I'm like, unless it's going to be like really, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to like put a bunch of balloons on myself and call myself like a bag of jelly bellies. Like I'm not doing that. call it pride, call it shame. I don't know what it was. I just didn't want to do it. So, you know, I had the audition and I just thought, do I have to do it though? Do I have to be on the show or like, what's the deal? Literally, what's the deal? And they were like, no, you know, we'll call you. And you know, if, if, if we want you on, we'll call you and you can say yes or no. And I'm like, okay. So that was kind of that. And then fast forward a few months, um, I got a call from them. They're like, hey, we'd love you to come on Wednesday. And I thought, no way. Like, I'm not dressing up like an idiot to go on national TV. Like, come on, no, you know, no. And I just thought, like, there's no way, you know. And so I was like, Lord, like, honestly, you would really have to confirm you want me to go because this feels like not what I want to do. And I'm like, and at the time, actually, um, I, my company was, there were startups, so they were a little behind on paying me. And I was like, I, I'm not going to go like spend money on some like ridiculous costume, you know? And, uh, and so I, I prayed about it. I said, God, if you want me to go, like, I also need to take like a friend because you're supposed to like take like a cheerleader friend, you know, just a friend to kind of like, you know, rah-rah you on. And I was like, none of my super introverted friends are going to want to go on this show. Like, it's just, they're not going to. And all of a sudden, my friend Nathan pops in my head, who is not one of my introverted friends, is a very, very strong extrovert like myself, went to ministry school together, both live in LA. And he's popped in my head. And I thought, I mean, I could message him and see So I message him and I'm like, hey, any chance like you're open on Wednesday and would want to go to let's make a deal? No pressure. Sure, he says, you know, and I thought, oh, no, Lord, you know. And then as I was watching it, you know, I had seen this one fellow wearing like a more traditional, like native traditional outfit. He was 
um, of Indian descent and he was wearing like a really cool outfit, you know, that um, probably like, I don't know, like maybe royalty would wear in India. And I thought, I wonder if I could wear my beautiful like Persian, like, you know, princess dress that I bought in Israel and wore to my friend's wedding. It's like a very native, you know, looking uh, outfit. And I'm like, I wonder if I could wear that because that would be free, you know? And so I, I showed it to let's make a deal. And they're like, yeah, that's great. And I was like, perfect. And I thought, well, I probably need to add something a little costumey. So I said, okay, God, I have $20. I'm going to go to the costume store, the very iconic costume store down in Santa Monica, a little down the street from me and like get a little like kind of headdress situation, you know? So I go down and I find a great one for like, you know, $18 because God is faithful. I'm like, okay, you know, so I said yes, but I'm telling you, there was a major struggle. Like I'm telling you kind of in a very just like chill way, but there was a major struggle in my head. And the thing is like the inner critic isn't always mean, but he's always going to try to keep you from good things. Can I say that again for the people in the back? The inner critic is not always mean, but he's always going to try to keep you from good things, right? So, you know, he'll do it any way he can. Like for me, it was a little bit of like this like embarrassment, shame, pride, call it whatever you want, fear of looking like a moron on national TV. I mean, the list could go on, right? So it wasn't actually being mean to me, but it was kind of convincing me like, uh, Lince, you really want to do that? You know what I mean? So sometimes it can be very subtle, but it can be keeping you from good things. And so, and look, we don't have to be hard on ourselves. I used to be very hard on myself and try to like bust through all this stuff and break through and like all this intensity. And I just don't really believe it has to be that way anymore. But I think being aware and having strategies to overcome the inner critic is is pretty powerful. So that's why we're doing our workshop. And it's next week. So get signed up, would ya? <laughs> um, so, you know, after kind of, you know, really... It was a little bit of a wrestle in my head for sure, you know, to, to get past some of these critters, as I call them, the the fear of looking stupid critter, maybe a little bit of pride critter, a little bit of shame critter, a little bit of, uh, what was the other one that I said? Embarrassment critter. You know what I mean? There's some critters. And they crawl around in her brain. I know it's kind of gross, but it's kind of true. <laughs> Obviously metaphorical. So, you know, off we go on Wednesday and it ended up just being a really fun day. You know, God was so faithful. It was a fun, we had a good time. My friend Nathan and I, we had fun. It was just good, like reconnecting with him and, um, yeah, we just had a great time. You know, we went on the show and I can tell you now cause it's already aired, but you know, uh, I got called up and uh, I won $4,000 diamond earrings. <laughs> oh, thanks, God. Um, it was great, you know, and, uh, and, and I thought they were kind of prophetic because they, 
yeah, like people kept asking, you know, they ask you, well, what are you? Because, you know, I've got this like beautiful like Persian like, well, princess dress I call it on, you know. And um, I just loved it. I bought it in Israel and I just loved it. And, you know, they would say like, well, who are you? What are you supposed to be? Right. Because everyone's dressed up like something. And I said, oh, I'm Queen Esther. <laughs> which they kind of look at me like, eh? you know what I mean? Which I think is great. And, um, <clears throat> you know, a couple of times I'm like, why well, I'm Queen Esther from the Bible, you know? I mean, it was so funny, you guys. The look on people's face. It's my favorite. So uh, anyway, so, you know, I didn't say that on national TV. Although if they would have asked, it would have been interesting what would have come out of my mouth. I can't guarantee I know what would have come out of my mouth, but they didn't ask. So it was funny that I won those diamond earrings. They were amethyst, big, beautiful amethyst stone. P.S. If anyone wants to buy them. I need to sell them to pay my rent in LA. Anyway, um, they were amethyst, gorgeous, big amethyst stones and like real diamonds, right? And then like 24 karat gold. So um, yeah, you know, like really beautiful um, earrings. And it was just so special of God. Can we talk about how special God is, okay? Like, first of all, purple typically represents royalty, and um diamond which we're all royalty right we are um we're sons and daughters of the king um and the bible says we're a royal priesthood so we are all royalty um but sometimes it's hard for us to receive or understand or walk in or whatnot you know so god will remind us in different ways um so i thought that was very sweet of god you know like they were purple i also uh heard actually just last night that that amethyst can represent healing, which I thought was so powerful because uh, I do find that the content God's given me to, you know, release through my business is very healing. It's, it's healing to the mind, it's healing to the emotions. And then when your mind and your emotions are healed, it will heal your body in a lot of ways. Um, there's just a lot of research that a lot of physical issues are emotionally rooted and and then Dr. Caroline Leaf talks a lot about our mind toxic thoughts and how that can lead to physical issues. So I thought that was cool to hear that like, oh, amethysts are healing. I was like, let's go, Jesus. Not necessarily like the stone on your body, but just like representative, right? So I thought that was so beautiful. I'm like, God, you're a boss. Um, The other neat thing is that you know, we all have things that God tells us about us, right? Like, you know, he sees us all like obviously through the blood of Jesus, but also like he made us unique, right? And I talk about this on a podcast previously where I talk about um, identity, but you know, we, if God wanted us to be all exactly the same, like he's God, he could have made us that way, but he didn't. He made us so different, you know, like there's not two humans that are alike. I mean, even twins aren't actually exactly alike. I don't know the science behind that, but I feel like I've heard that. You know, but I mean, anytime you travel overseas, you're just like, God is so creative. Look at these people. People are beautiful. They're like so beautiful. There's so many different kinds and 
colors and ethnicity. I mean, it's just amazing what God has done. It's just amazing. And, you know, I live here in Southern California, Los Angeles. And like, you know, we do, we really have every, like almost every culture represented here. And it's just beautiful. It's just so beautiful. And I, I, I love it. And, you know, we are really, God sees us as who he created us to be. So like, he sees the differences in us. He's not like, I used to think when people are like, God sees us through the lens of Jesus. I used to think that kind of meant like, okay, that means like we're all these basic Jesus covered people, I guess. I didn't really understand, but like now I get it. Okay. Yes, we are all covered in the blood of Jesus and we're seen through that lens of Jesus's, you know, perfection and, you know, that kind of thing. But like, he still made us with our unique, you know, personalities and giftings. And, you know, he, he loves us all the same, but for different reasons is what I believe. And I don't have children, but I have nieces and, um, I, they're all different, you know, and I have a bunch of little, little bunnies, little humans in my life who I adore. And, you know, I'm blessed that they call me aunt Lindsay, even if I'm not their real aunt or blood aunt, but, um, but I love them all exactly the same for completely different reasons because they have different personalities. There's different special things about them. You know what I mean? And so I just feel like God's like, and that's how I see you people, humans. I see you I love you all equally, but I love you for different reasons. And I think that's really, really special to think about God's love like that, you know? Like, it's just so special to know that that he really, like, put different things in our personalities, in our giftings, in in how we function, how we think, like, because he loves that. And he loves that about us. And, of course, he prunes us and cleans things up and sorts things out. I mean, that's super biblical, right? <laughs> And very real in my life and all of our lives. And the inner critic is is kind of one of those things that sometimes needs to be cleaned up in our lives, honestly. Like, hashtag real talk, okay? Having a drink of tea, sorry. Um, So, come have a tea with me. Anyway, in this beautiful cup my friend has. Anyway, okay, so I digress. Why am I saying all this? Why are you saying all this, Lindsay? Well, I'm saying all this is because the diamonds... God told me years ago, years ago, uh, a friend walked up to me at church and I had this necklace on. I think I've told this story possibly on the podcast before or in one of my classes somewhere. (laughs) But I had this um, wooden, like it was kind of a wooden necklace and it was a a shape of um, a diamond. But I thought it was a shield and I was in a really hard season and I just felt I didn't really understand my authority in Christ. And so the enemy was taking advantage of that and beating me up. And that's why I like to teach this stuff because I've learned a lot in my, <laughs> I've learned a lot in my battles, right? Um, and so I thought it was a shield and I was like, no, it's the she, it's a shield. And this, my friend Emery, uh, I don't know if some of you know her, but she's amazing. Um, she <laughs> came up to me, didn't know me at all. And she goes, that. Uh, diamond around your neck is how God sees you. And I go, oh no, it's a shield. And she goes, no, that's a diamond. And that's how God sees you. (laughs) You have to love your friends who are super bold, right? And I was like, 
oh, I was like, okay. And like, you know, it didn't really register because sometimes things don't. But then over many years, God kept showing me things about diamonds. And, you know, he, he, I was in Amsterdam and he took me on this river cruise, which I love. And we stopped at a diamond factory, which I was like, what? Like had no idea. Total surprise from God. We go in and they're talking about, I mean, I was having this crazy encounter inside this like diamond factory, like in Amsterdam, like just me and Jesus, you know, because I love traveling with Jesus. And, um, so we were in this diamond factory and they were, they were, I mean, they were like, you know, I don't know what you call it, but they were like, you know, shaping the diamonds and they were like beating them. It sounds terrible, but they were like, you know, they take these like hammer things. I'm sure there's like really fancy language for this, but you're just going to hear basic language from me on this. Cause I don't know enough about it, but like they were taking this almost look like a gavel and they were like hitting the diamonds and then they were, um, then they would like light them on fire or like, you know, they would shape them with fire, I guess. I don't know. Are they getting the impurities off? Honestly, I'm not even sure how that works or why that is. But all I remember is them saying like, you know, the more that a diamond is like, they didn't use the word hit. That is not the right word, but is like, I don't know what they called it, but like with this kind of thing is shaped, we'll use the word shaped. And then the more it's under fire, the more beautiful it is because the more light hits it and it shines <laughs> I felt like because I felt like I had been in the ringer of like whatever kind of I don't know what was happening why it was happening but I just felt like I was going through all these all this hard stuff in my life you know and I I, I would never ever ever compare it to like God beating me over the head with a gavel like that is definitely not our God but like maybe life was beating me up I don't know um and you know possibly the enemy was involved there for sure and then like the fire but being put under the fire like the fire of God is actually very biblical (laughs) you know and it, it doesn't represent like I mean I don't want to get into it because I'm not like like super sure, you know, how to explain it to you um, without like just, you know, possibly screwing it up. But anyway, like there is this idea of being refined by fire, you know, and not that people have different beliefs on this, you know, like some people believe like, you know, God allows suffering and, you know, other people think it's always the devil that brings suffering. And some people believe it's like, you know, like just the sinfulness of the world we live in, like that just like suffering happens. Look, I'm not here to teach on that. So y'all believe what you want to believe. My personal belief is that bad things happen to everyone, unfortunately. And, but God is such a redeemer that he will use those things like as a mosaic, right? He'll use the hard and bad things in our life that he absolutely does not desire for us at all. And he'll, he'll redeem them and, and, and restore them and use them for good. So it's, I don't actually believe he causes them. I believe he uses them in a way, in such a way for good that it sometimes looks like he did, but I don't believe he does. But you know what? You, you do you. I'm not here to teach you that theology. You believe what you want to believe. (laughs) But that's just my personal belief. But in my mind, like I was like, I mean, I was so struck by that because I was like, 
oh my gosh, I do feel like life has kind of beat me up, honestly, with, yes, what looks like a hammer. And I also do feel like I've been under fire in a way, you know, a refining fire, which wasn't necessarily bad and it wasn't necessarily suffering. It was just like kind of like cleaning some things up, you know. And but they said the the reason they do that is because when those two things happen, that's when the diamond reflects the most light and is the most beautiful. And and like I guess the part that was more powerful for me is reflects the most light. I was like, yo, that is like so <laughs> from like the Lord to me, you know, like Again, I'm not creating theology here for anyone else, but I'm just explaining to you like the strategy and the kindness of God is un unbelievable. Unbelievable is not even a good word to explain it. And I'm telling you this because he is the exact same for you as he is for me. God is no respecter of persons. Like he has good for every single person. And it's not because we're good, y'all. It's because he's good. And so you don't have to be good. (laughs) Now he will refine us and make us more like him. And he is good. So, you know, we end up better than we started. But I'm saying all this to say that God is like insanely strategic in our lives. And he will bring things back around and back around to remind us. And like, so I'm standing on this show, right? Dressed in my little like Queen Esther outfit. (laughs) And he literally, and then I win these amethyst diamond earrings. Like I was just like, I mean, you know, on the show, they're like, be excited, you know? So I'm like, yay. And I was excited because I made the best deal and that made me very happy because I wanted to make the best deal, you know? I don't know. To me, I mean, that's cool, you know? So, but the other amazing part of God is that I live in 250 square feet, right? Yes, I live in a great part of town. I live not far from the water, but I live in 250 square feet. And for what I pay in rent, I could own probably a three-bedroom home in Ohio, right? So, like, it's kind of funny. And I love my tiny home. But everyone else on that show was winning, like, an ATV, a living room set, you know, like, these massive things. And you can't say, like, hey, so can I just take the money? Like, no, you can't say that. Like, they're gonna send you whatever it is that you win. And, like, if they would have sent me an ATV and or a living room set, y'all, what would I have done with that? Like, it would not even fit in the lobby of our apartment. Like, There's no place I could have put anything like that, but God knew that. So he had me win earrings because that's what I could fit in my tiny home, you know? So I just love God. And and I I was like, I'm going to go win a car. I need a car. And what I realized was so sweet of God is he's like, no, you don't need a car yet because your insurance is very expensive on your old car. And you know, you don't need a new car that's going to cost you a ton of money in insurance while you're building your business. (laughs) And I'm like, touche God. And I never even drive. He's like, you don't really need a car right now. I'm like, you're so smart, God. So I just say all this to a encourage you that God is in the tiniest details of your life. It is insane. And that the inner critic will keep you if you don't pay attention to what he's telling you from good things that God has for you. And that's why I'm doing this inner critic workshop because, well, honestly, God told me to. (laughs) 
<laughs> Years ago, I'm like, God, what problem do I solve? You told me to create a business around the content of my book, which we're going to talk about on the next podcast, um, how to get over the inner critic to start that business with no money from the ground up that God's telling you to do. Oh yeah, guys, we're going to get into that. But, you know, I, oh, I just lost my train of thought, darn it. But what was I talking about? Someone tell me. No, just kidding. <laughs> I would edit these, but it's more fun just to keep it real, right? Uh, I was talking about the earrings. I was talking about the game show, the goodness of God, how he has good things for all of us. I was talking about how, why I'm doing the inner critic workshop. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for bringing that back around. But, you know, a business always solves a problem, right? And because God's like, I want you to create a business around the content of your book, you know, I didn't really know what that meant. It took me time. Plus I was kind of like healing from some things. So I, you know, I wasn't full capacity, but I, I never, I was like, God, okay, if you want me to create a business around the content of my book, what is the problem that I solve? What's the problem that I solve? And and he didn't tell me right away. Then I remember I was driving down, uh, this great street near my house And all of a sudden it came to me. He goes, it's on the cover of your book. And I was like, oh, the inner critic? And he's like, yeah. I was like, oh, I solved the problem of the inner critic? Cool, God. So, um, you know, two years later I get around to it. No, just kidding. Um, But, you know, the inner critic does try to even keep you from, like, the things God's calling you to. Because that's his J-O-B, y'all. His job is to keep us from what God has for us. So, you know... um, Yeah. And I think that God wants to develop content in me so I can give to you and that I can present to you, um, you know, through, through things in my own life so that I can learn and I can develop the content and stuff and stuff. So, you know, I'm not being hard on myself. God's timing is perfect. And that's why we're doing the inner critic workshop, uh, next week, next week, $27, 27 dual hairs, very affordable. Uh, yeah. So, and it's going to be really great. Like it's going to be good content. So I just, you know, I want as many people to take advantage of it as possible. Um, because why not? Right. Like, I, I don't know. I think that God really wants people to be aware of what's stopping them in life. And that's why he's asked me to do this. So that's why I'm doing it. Uh, So anyway, I hope you will join us. I hope you enjoyed the story of, the uh, game show. And I know not all of you live in LA and are like, Lindsay, I'm having trouble overcoming the inner critic to, you know, go on this game show. But it's not really about the game show. It's really about a door that God opens for you that you might feel shame about or pride about or fear about or whatever. So you don't walk through it. Now, God's a good GPS and he will reroute us and there's no shame if we miss things. But I don't think God wants his kids to miss as many things because of the inner critic. You know what I mean? So that's really what this was about. But, you know, I'm going to give some really good strategies. We're going to we're going to like workshop some stuff. Okay. Um, at the workshop. So, you know, listening to these is fun and inspirational, but if you want to really like know how to do it, I suggest you come to the workshop. So I love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye.